0: Welcome to the University of California San Francisco Sports Medicine Podcast featuring Dr. Nero Fundia, Dr. Brian Feely, and Dr. Drew Lansdowne discussing hot topics in sports medicine and society. We hope you enjoy our podcast and look forward to hearing from you.
1: Welcome to this week's six to eight weeks with um, myself, Brian Feely, and Drew Lansdowne. Um, Dr. Pandya is off buying Warriors jerseys. I think he's putting in the Patrick Baldwin Jr. jersey into his cart right now. So we're joined today by Amrick Alvarado, who is an athletic trainer at Redwood High School. This is part of our segments on high school athletics that we're going to kick off as we go into the spring season of baseball, softball, swimming, tennis, and track and field. So, Emmerich, welcome. Uh, We miss you at UCSF. Um, The first question I wanted to ask you was, what made you decide to become an athletic trainer?
2: Uh, It all started uh, in in high school. Uh, I I realized that our high school uh, district had a sports medicine class that I got involved with. And then I got injured my sophomore year playing football. So I met a local athletic trainer and then got me involved with uh, sports medicine. That kind of started off my uh, athletic training career from
1: there. So what does it mean to be an athletic trainer in terms of what is the schooling like? Do you have to get a graduate degree, a postgraduate degree? Can you just decide you like sports medicine?
2: The path that I took, I went to a four year accredited college uh, at San Diego State. Um, And then from there you get certified as athletic trainer once you finish your, uh, your requirements at your accredited school. And then you can become an athletic trainer then. Um, I decided to continue and do a a, a graduate, to take graduate school. So (laughs) to continue my education and continue my kind of hands-on work. So I did two years at San Jose State with an internship um, at uh, Stanford. You,
1: You go to four years of school and then you essentially do the equivalent of a master's type program. So it's another couple years where you specialize in sports medicine. Correct. Okay.
0: And then Amrit, can you describe to us your role currently at Redwood? Like what do you do there? And um yeah, what's your job entailed? Good question.
2: Uh so I'm currently the 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 only athletic trainer at at Redwood <laughs> High School. And I've been there for about now 14 years going to my 15th year. Uh so my typical role is uh, pre-practice, I will kind of assess injuries, uh, f- you know, from the day before. Kind of consult with uh, with student athletes about uh, what they should do for practice, and if there's anything that needs further follow-up. And kind of, you know, calling parents and coaches, and, and kind of uh, setting up a you know injury uh, kind of plan is is kind of what I do at, at Redwood High School. So I'm there pretty much from two o'clock till when the sun goes down or the last uh, kind of game goes on. So I'm there for uh, injury prevention. Uh, kind of first aid care, um, and pretty much kind of, you know, medical care follow-up.
1: So athletic trainers, I think we see most commonly in professional sports, and I would say the one that we think about most is football, where you see athletic trainers run onto the field, and they're kind of first responders for professional sports. What made you choose, I guess, first question, where where are the different places that athletic trainers can work like can i find i can find them at all sporting events some sporting events
2: yeah so with the progression of people being aware of athletic trainers they're they are coming to be at at a lot of uh you know sporting events especially professionally and you know uh, semi-professionally and in the in the recreational leagues they are starting to kind of you know incorporate uh you know athletic trainers uh, into their kind of programs, so, so that's kind of new. And then now they're having athletic trainers in uh, industrial settings. And when, my, when I mean by industrial settings, like at uh, big corporations like Google and, and Tesla and, and so forth like that. So you'll have your typical uh, employee with, uh, you know, right shoulder pain, um, and then they go see the athletic trainer in their uh, in their corporate setting, and then they can be assessed to go to you know do physiotherapy or to see a physician kind of uh, kind of moving forward. Uh, and then okay, you can also, I
1: gotta, I gotta ask questions about that. So when you're, when an athletic trainer is working at Google, do they just go into chat GPT and then put how to, how do I put wrap around ankle for the ankle sprain while coding? Or is that a totally different athletic training protocol? You,
2: you have to go through Google chat. Correct. Yeah. And you have to okay. make an emoji and then emojis is athletic trainer with either shoulder or knee or, or, you know, or an ankle. So you can go through there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's all it's all new and and it's definitely something uh, we're all excited about and uh, we have a couple of uh, colleagues that are in those kind of types of
1: settings and, and they love it yeah. What about other sporting venues uh, or other clinical venues? <laughs> um, you're
2: you're gonna get your um, athletic at your typical you know orthopedic clinic. Uh, working with uh, you know side by side with orthopedic surgeons and other physicians and other uh, nurse practitioners and pas. Um, other clinical settings, you can see them in uh, in surgery um, and and helping out with that um, and pretty much in any other kind of healthcare settings since we have uh, skill sets that that can kind of you know kind of adapt to any kind of physician that that is is looking to have one. Um, other settings, I mean, there's also in the, you know, entertainment industry, um, uh, at your Cirque du Soleil shows, the ones that attend, and you guys can kind of give us tickets, and those are the kind of events that uh, you can have their trainers
0: there. And so, Amrick, I think, you know, in the uh, recent times, ACs have been in the news a lot with, uh, like, Damar Hamlin, like, the, you know, frightening incident uh, right. on internet football. Yeah. Um, You know, I think a lot of what you do is probably like injury prevention, counseling. But then, how do you stay prepared for rising to something like that and being ready to take care of that like awful situation like that?
2: Yeah, every summer and every so often we have in-services to kind of collaborate with local healthcare professionals uh, in moments like that, uh, so we can be prepared for kind of. You know, any situation where can we take that you know this athlete to the hospital and, and what kind of resources do we do we do we all have so when we collaborate we try to make sure that we have kind of a you know standard protocol of what what resources we have what what if you know what facilities we could use what phone numbers we can dial because here in Marin County uh we use a different phone number for 911 because if you use 911, it'll take it to dispatch and stuff like that. So it takes a little bit longer. So they, they, they recommend using a different phone number here in Marin County. So those little kind of, those kind of details we kind of learn as like when we collaborate and we, when we get uh, onboarded to kind of you know, work these events. So uh, that's how we kind of stay involved and kind of stay with our, um, our associations also kind of standard practice
1: too. Um, quick question. What's the phone number in Marin County if it's not nine one one? Is it like nine one two? Is it a much it's, more complicated number?
2: It's kind of complicated. It's like I think it's nine two seven zero nine one one.
1: Okay, so that's the, way too complicated.
2: Yeah. So what I was told when I first started is you call nine one one, it'll dispatch you to Vallejo, and Vallejo will send a dispatch from there, or they'll contact and so forth. So they use they say it's a different kind of number. So um, I have that on
1: speed dial in case it's ever necessary. Yeah.
2: But you still <laughs> use 911. It's still the same.
1: <laughs> so, so far, I've learned that there are athletic trainers everywhere. They're kind of hiding in all the nooks and crannies. If I correct. fall down at work, somebody's going to run over with a Gatorade bottle and get me back to working right away. Um, awesome. And that if I'm in Marin County, don't call 911 because they're a bridge away. So, I should just find an athletic trainer. That accurate so far, correct?
2: that sounds exactly what we're trying to push towards in this podcast
1: okay perfect um so you've obviously been doing this for a long long time at a lot of Mm -hmm. different levels um what has been the scariest on-field experience that you've had
2: (sighs) that's a good question um it was maybe about 10 years ago um the the high school i was working at redwood high school was playing a local high school and two individuals headed a ball unfortunately one got headed in the mouth and shattered his upper jaw Uh, and he to my knowledge his parents or guardians were not there available to take him to the hospital so we have a an emergency situation where we have blood everywhere we have uh, an individual who's confused and doesn't know what to do and he's underage so we Need an individual to kind of kind of take it to the hospital so we're, so that took a process in order to get him to uh, uh, in contact with his with his father the father to him in the hospital and so forth so there's moments like that where you know emergencies is needed but the kid is underage so you're scrambling and trying to figure out what like like the best steps are for to take care of the student athlete um, and get them the best care they can as soon as possible uh, so that's always been the scariest thing is when you know something's emergent and you know you need their parent or guardian there to take them to the hospital, those are the ones that
0: are kind of the the hardest. And Amrick, something else that's gotten a lot of attention, um, rightfully so, is the importance of head injuries and concussions. Mm -hmm. Uh, How have you seen that change during your career, and like where do we stand today with that?
2: Um, In in my career, it's it's being very uh, accepted throughout the parents, because I feel like these parents are the generation that played sports and they were like, you know what, it's just kind of, it's just a com, Ooh. it's just like a combination of getting your bell wrong and uh, kind of cobwebs. So it's a change now to accepting the fact that head injuries are part, are part of the game and can heal and, and are able to be treated if, if done so, uh, you know, in the right process. So I feel like there's no need to kind of fight that of like, oh, it's, it's just a, you know, just a bell wrong and so forth. Um, but it's more of a, of a, of a situation where, this will heal. Give it time. Uh, it, you know, it's called a concussion. It's not just anything else. Uh, so the the education factor of it, the understanding of it, the acceptance of it all has has been kind of the greatest progression uh, that we see for this. So so as we stand in athletic training for concussions, any head injury in in the field of play, they're removed and then they're followed by a physician uh, to be diagnosed for a concussion.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think when I started doing this in 2008, 2009, there was a fair amount of variety variety with coaches in terms of some would say, well, it's just, he got his bell rung or she got hit in the head, it's fine. They're a little bit confused. As long as they feel ready, um, they can go back in. And now it seems like that standard stepwise protocol, especially because that's what you see athletes on the professional level go through, it's an accepted... Um, practice and parents especially seem to accept that pretty well. And one thing I wanted to ask you is that over the last five to seven years, there's been a lot of advancements in technology, um, not just in um, chat GPT and uh, athletic trainers working at Google, but with. Uh, I wanted to ask you about helmets and whether or not you thought that the sensors that we put in helmets are beneficial, detrimental, or just another tool, and how does that change your practice as an athletic trainer?
2: Uh, so with the increase with technology used to kind of uh, prevent or at least solve uh, some of these uh, injuries, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's, it's it's a tool that we could use uh, to help diagnose or at least assess an injury. Whether we use it to be the reason why we assess it or you know or to diagnose it, at least we have a tool in our in our toolbox. Uh, in, in in the example of um, the sensors in in football helmets if, if you one sensor goes off due to increased impact, then it's at least it's, it's a notification for the athletic trainer or the physician on staff or whoever's there, um, uh, to at least step in and, you know, and at least, you know, kind of monitor the student athlete to say, Hey, we just noticed this on your, on your chart and blah, blah, blah. So at least they are aware and like, no, I'm totally fine. You can go through the assessment through there. Um, so I think that's very beneficial, um, and should, should be used as a tool, but not like the only tool, um, as far as technology for uh, assessing injuries.
0: Yes, and um, you definitely have a lot of different things that you do during a typical day, typical week. Um, mm-hmm. What's the favorite, your favorite part of your job?
2: Uh, the favorite part of my job is having the the one on one interactions with student athletes. And kind of guiding them through their injury process because a lot of these student athletes, especially earlier in their athletic careers don't realize that this injury is something they can play with something that they need to stop something they can treat something that hey you need further follow up with a physician with this. So it's that kind of um, those conversations those interactions that these student athletes kind of have this light bulb in their head they're like wow. like. I could do this, this needs to be done, this is how I get better, this is the process. So their mind is always turning and that's the kind of what I appreciate and what I kind of love b- about doing my job. Because when you see that light bulb kind of go off, like, wow, I just learned something new or this is something that I can do to get better. Um, that's something that kind of is, is high on my list when I, when I, when I perform or I do this job.
1: All right, I'm gonna transition. You're a basketball fan and like the yes. Warriors. Correct. Um, so when you see things like Steph Curry is out for an undefined amount of time, yeah, do you feel like you have inside knowledge to be like, well, it's undefined for everybody else, but I'm Amrick Alvarado. I yeah. know what a high, 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 high ankle sprain really means. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah I, I know a guy who lives in Mill Valley over here. I got him on speed dial. I'll give him a call every now and then. We most talk about Packers, Niner stuff, but I do have insight when people talk about high ankle sprains. And I don't appreciate when I see it on KNBR or uh, CSNBC that they don't bring in an athletic trainer or physician to talk about these injuries when they have just former athletes talking about injuries. That's what kind of bothers me. So, like, you can actually reach out to somebody and, and get the real answer. Yeah.
1: All right, well, we need to let you get back to your day because your day starts early and ends late. The life of yeah. an athletic trainer seems to never actually end. Never. So, remember, yeah. so thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy your time at Redwood High School and uh, keep that uh, 0911 uh, phone number on speed dial.
2: I'll send it to you. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Philly. Thank you, Dr. Linesdown. All, All
1: right. right. Good to see you, Eric.